0: You have two football programs in two totally different spots in their season right now. You have Oklahoma coming off two back-to-back losses. You have West Virginia coming off back-to-back Big 12 victories. Both of these teams still have an outside shot at a Big 12 championship game. Which team gets it done? We're going to talk about it, and I've brought a very special guest on to do that with me, and we're going to do it right after this word from my sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Dutch Miller Automotive where friends and family pricing means you get the best deal right up front on any new or pre-loved vehicle in stock every time. With brands like Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Kia, Hyundai, Ford, GMC, Buick, and Subaru, the Dutch Miller Automotive family is always growing and ready to put you in the car or truck you've been searching for. Check out our inventory across West Virginia at DutchMillerAuto.com or Come in today to the home of Friends and Family Pricing, only at a Dutch Miller Automotive store near you. What is up, college sports fans, Big 12 fans, and fellow members of Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of Cooza's Corner. Belly yourself up to the bar or grab a chair, whatever makes you comfortable, because we have got a preview episode to do, ladies and gentlemen. And to do that, I have brought on a very special guest, an Oklahoma fan and a fellow Big 12 football podcaster, Mr jason watkins jason how you doing man i'm good man thanks for having me on i appreciate it absolutely uh before we dive into the meat and potatoes of the show let everybody know where they can find you and your work
1: yeah you can find me at hall of fame college football with jason and the coach it's at cfb pod on youtube uh and as you can see above me there my twitter handle is at jw underscore hof or you can find us on hofmedia.us
0: that's It'll put you everywhere else that we are too. So awesome, awesome! Thanks for that, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate it, you again for taking time out of your day to come on here and, and uh, chat it up about right. this upcoming game. Yeah, um, that we're both nervous and yet excited about at the same time, man. Uh, so let's dive right in. My first question is just uh, looking at Oklahoma. I was watching a little bit of Britt Venables' press conference. He seemed a little bit over, extra ir- irritable this week, uh, <laughs> a little grouchy. Is that an accurate statement, or is he always like that?
1: No, he's uh, generally after losses. He's like that, you know. Um, okay, and particularly when you lose to uh, Okie Light, it's not. It's not a good. It's not good. And uh, okay, and there's been a lot of a um, um, little bit of dissension. I think you know between what's going on with the offense and uh, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. A lot of kind of head scratcher moves that's been going on, particularly in the last two weeks. It really the last two weeks, but. Uh, just throughout the season, you just—it's a lot of head scratching, personnel decisions, uh, substitutions, play calling, right? And um, and then Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, kind of threw uh, Drake Stoops under the bus for not getting, the, not running the route to the depth that it would have needed to be run to mm-hmm. on fourth down there and securing the win for Oklahoma State. I think it kind of pissed everybody off that he threw Drake under the bus when the play call was kind of garbage. You know, right. um, yeah. you know, there was it was a one 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 person was going to get the football. I I want Drake to get the ball there probably. But right. never that I thought it was I'm not one, I'm one of those guys that drives me nuts whenever you you're not a lot of stuff is is originating in the backfield and you know even pass plays and things like that and expecting the guy like with his size and I mean, you know, let's not, let's not, uh, as much as I love Drake Stoops, he's not the greatest athlete ever. He's a walk on. You know what I mean? So expecting him to go and catch a ball and get another three yards, it's kind of silly, you know? And he was, he kind of, the depth, the depth thing, I mean, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. He caught the ball where he could catch the ball. There was already defensive back there. It just seems like there's a lot of that. And so yesterday in his press conference, Brent was a little bit, uh, Kurt about about uh, even talking about it anymore. He was like, "We're on, we're on to West Virginia. Yeah. We're on to West Virginia." So I caught that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He made it clear right away he wasn't look he wasn't looking in the rearview mirror.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I think that's the right way to be, you know. But I, I, I mean, as as uh, as fans,
0: we're definitely a little bit concerned with what, with what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Now, what I could gather from that press conference, and I mean, when you look at the stats here, I mean, you guys. still have the number one offense in in the conference uh 39.9 points a game um you still have the number three defense in the conference Mm -hmm. and and based looking at that and then looking at at what brent had to say it seems as though these last two losses have basically basically been because of turnovers is that is that Uh, right yeah yeah, I mean, in
1: the end, turnovers are definitely—you know how it is. It's, that's going to be the the key indicator of who wins and loses a lot. You know, if mm-hmm. you win the turnover battle, your chances of winning the game are are you know exponentially better. Right. Now, um, and yeah, they've had three turnovers in both of the last two games. Uh, both get, but and yeah, and but and they've still had opportunities to win as well. Right. So uh, you know, we could talk all, all about. A lot of different things about what happened in the last two games officiating has been atrocious i don't i don't blame officials for wins and losses because i think they certainly put themselves in a position to be to let the officials uh you know decide the game but that that passer interference calling the end zone was insanity yeah that being said that being said i think that oklahoma was better than both of those football teams that they just lost to you cannot put yourself in a position to even allow such a thing to go on, right? right. Um, and I think that that's the biggest problem. That If, yeah, you, you can't have turnovers. Uh, you know, what I would tell you is, is that the first one, I don't understand it. You know, they, they're they already moving the football. It's been real gimmicky lately, and I think that's the biggest thing that's got people kind of flabbergasted when it comes to that offense is that, yeah, they move the ball, you know, and they can go down and score, and Dylan's been good. Um this was probably Dylan's worst game as far as throwing the football, and he still had a good day. Mm-hmm. But as far as accuracy and and the deep ball, you saw his limitations a lot. All a lot of those deep throws that he made, they were they were short, you know, and and they're having to come back to the football. Now that that caused more missed defensive pass interference calls, which upsets Oklahoma fans. That being said, I was saying on the, on our post game show that if you're if you're Dylan Gabriel and your arm isn't that rocket arm like what you say you know like Jackson Arnold has behind him Mm -hmm. you cannot be off of off a schedule you got to throw the freaking football when he gets into a break on those deep passes and he's he's not doing that so I got you there's that and then the just some of the play calls are weird they were already moving the ball down the field on that second drive and they said it wasn't supposed to be a direct smack a direct snap to Javante Barnes I would argue that with anybody that that was to him it was supposed to be to him and he played hot potato with it you got to fall in the football there but the main thing is is that why that why get gimmicky there yeah. you just went from the one yard line now you're at the plus 35 why even do it you know i just it, it to me you know just keep it simple you're on the road for god's sakes keep it simple and you know you're, they're not stopping you so go and see what you do it gavin sawchuck didn't get a lot of Touches after, you know, he ended up with 111 yards on 13 carries. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just weird to me that he's not getting more carries than that, you know? And um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just kind of, like I said, it's been kind of a head-scratcher offensively. We know that, I think that Jeff does a good job and is one of those guys that knows what he's doing. I think that he struggles with game planning, and I think that he doesn't stay on. I think his script is usually pretty good. After that, you're not really sure what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, I got you. But you um, can't have
1: turnovers. You're right about that.
0: Right. But st- staying on the offensive side of the ball, um, you, you mentioned Salchuk there, and I mean yeah. he he was, I-, I was a little surprised that when I was looking over stats getting ready for this, there uh, he's not even your leading rusher. Ta- yeah. Uh, Walker uh, is it Tawi? Yeah, that Ta-wee. His name right. Ta-wee yeah. Walker is your leading rusher. Um, what's going on there, man? I mean, is it just is Salchuk just not playing up to his expectations
1: both gavin and javante were hurt at the start of the year now javante barnes had had uh i believe ankle surgery something like that yeah surgery in the spring he's never really come back to and that was the other reason i didn't understand why he was in there at that point okay he hadn't played in a month and a half and you bring him in for a trick play is a little weird yeah Um, but as far as tawee it's always a walk-on and he's earned his way but he was hurt too i was fairly surprised to see him uh in the game when it but he immediately comes in and has a touchdown. Uh but he's been really good. Um as far as uh Gavin's also has some little lingering issues. I think a lot of hamstring type stuff. And then he hasn't been the guy that's I think that they either something's going on in practice and I don't I don't know exactly what's going on. But I think that there it's that's another one of the head scratcher things is that the, there hasn't been a real rhyme or reason to the rotation there and, mm-hmm. and what you're seeing. I mean you even saw um Daylon Smothers in in a lot of situations last week, which was odd to me. You hadn't seen him much at all. Right. Um, and he's in on a fourth down, and it was just weird. Um, I don't think that Gavin was hurt, but there's some there's certain situations, I guess, that they hadn't really brought him in. And I think you can get in uh you might be able to get into Marco Murray's doghouse a little bit, I think. And yeah, I got so and, and so maybe that's what's going on there. But yeah, but he also was dealing with some nagging injuries as well, and so you know uh with running backs it's just it's been a weird year for for the running backs with so this i think you came into the season thinking that that was definitely their strongest uh room uh for the offense for sure mm-hmm. and and it really hasn't been so it's it's just been kind of again one of those head scratcher things that you're like man this is just doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why uh you know they hadn't done a whole lot but but the thing about gavin is is he is a home run threat so absolutely was, yeah Definitely good to see him get in, get that long touchdown run uh, in the first drive that they had. But kind of disappointing that you didn't see a lot more of him after yeah. that, particularly in the
0: second half. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, I mean, Dylan Gabriel also has been running the ball quite a bit for the for the Sooners as well. I mean, and what he can do. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you expect to see more of that this week?
1: I would hope we do. Uh, I was expecting to see more of it last week, so uh, I hope so. I, I think that one of the things that I noticed about about West Virginia is that you know the the run defense is really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things that you kind of look in. Okay, well, we want to make sure that we uh, kind of get them out of their out of their element. I think if you're trying to run up the middle on West Virginia, you're going to run into some 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 issues. They do pretty good at at uh, running to the football. Mm-hmm. I think you want to try to get them out in space. I think the Gavin Sawchuk is perfect for that. But I also yeah. think that you could do some design runs. With the quarterback, which is a lot of what we expected last week, and I, you just didn't really see a ton of it, but or any of it, yeah. um, and I'm not really sure why. But um, again, I think that at this point of the year, I don't know why you would hold any of that kind of stuff back. I know the one time that they really kind of turned him loose was against Texas, and he, you know, he let them, He had 115 yards, and that was probably the reason that Oklahoma beat Texas was because that they won the rushing battle. You know, mm-hmm. you have to do that in the Red River. Game, right. So. Uh, I would hope that we see a lot more of that Um, but I also think that you know you need to go out there as far as um, I think you need to go out there and see what you can do with the passing game as well and kind of open up that running game so I, I hope that they just get out there and be really aggressive right off the bat you know right. I don't think you can allow West
0: Virginia to hang around for very long. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a long day. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see the matchup with uh, in Oklahoma's past. West Virginia's past defense has been really stout. Uh, it has, it has. And my, Beanie Bishop, our corner, leads the leads the leads the nation in passes defended and passes pass breakups. Beanie's a stud, dude. <laughs> uh, he, he's absolutely killing it right now. And yeah. uh, he just made, uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated or some 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 national media outlet had him as the number one. Most or the most underrated top most underrated portal pickup of the of, of the year. Um, what a grab, so, right? What a grab! Yeah, what a absolutely. Pick for the yeah. there. but uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how how he does against this mm-hmm. uh, Stoops and and it's, I assume Farouk's going to be playing as well.
1: Yeah, and Farouk, you know, he had a pretty good game last week. I think there was, you know, he needed to. I think they needed to try to, you know, force it to him a little bit more because. I, he is such a beast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll go up and get the football. Um, and then you want to see, you know, you had some drops too from Nick Anderson and stuff, but Nick Anderson is a stud as well. So yeah, that's the one thing. I think that that's been another head-scratcher thing. When Andre Anthony went down in the Texas game, it it has kind of dropped back on what they've been able to do in the past game. It just seems a little uneven. So I don't know. I, I think that – but the, the thing is that they have a bunch of them that that you've seen make plays this year. Um, you know, Jaden Gibson, you know, he's a six, five, six, six guy, uh, that, you know, if you get him going, uh, is he's going to be tough to defend yeah, Nick cool. Anderson, another six, four, six, five guy, mm-hmm. he's leads in touchdown catches, uh, for the season. So he's, uh, I mean, and, and then of course, yeah, if you, if you allow Jalil Farouk to get into space, he's going to hurt you. So, and then not to mention the fact that, that Drake Stoops is a bad dude. Yeah. Man. Drake Stoops, <laughs> man. What a story. Dude. What a yeah, story I, he is! I, I love watching him play, it's man, awesome. and, and you know the way that he just goes about his business and mm-hmm. loves, uh, obviously loves Oklahoma. You know, being that his dad was the former head coach, so um, you know I, I've got nothing but respect for him. But so that's the thing is that I think that yeah, they're going up against a great secondary. I I, I agree with you on that, I, and I think that the defense overall is just fantastic at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Marou- you should be able to find a way to get. To get it going in the
0: passing game, too. Yeah. Um, when you look at Farouk, his numbers—he's caught 33 balls for 547 yards and two tutties. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good numbers there. Um, on the on the flip side, like I mentioned, I got you know Beanie Bishop. You know he's actually been playing really well. West Virginia in the past has played mostly zone. Yeah. But with Beanie back there, they've been able to go and, and play more man man coverage, and uh, uh-huh. he's actually gotten most of his pass breakups and pass you know passes defended in man coverage this year, which is. Little bit surprising, but uh, but that's allowed our defense it's to do a bad, lot more dude, blitzing, man. yeah. It's yeah. allowed us to do more blitzing with our linebackers, Lee Coba and and, and company. Um, yeah, I like Lee. Oh, my, he flat out hit you now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a he's a man, but uh, but but we're really happy, you know, that I really are. And we got a true freshman linebacker, Ben Cutter, who's playing for the injured uh Trey Lathan, who's really really stepped his game up the last two weeks. He looks uh, good against Oklahoma State, man. Yeah, he, he's he's. I mean, he started off, you know, for the first game he had to start was a little rough. His PFF grade was like in the 40s. I think that may have been the Oklahoma State game. I mean, he made some plays, but he was also, I yeah. think, in the wrong spot a lot. And then – To be expected, he, right? Yeah, yes, what, absolutely. But with each game, he's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better. And now he's – the last two games, he's been one of our top defenders. Uh, he's graded out as one of our top defenders. So, it's – we're really excited about, about our linebacking core there. But uh, we'll talk about the offensive line for a minute for Oklahoma. What, what do you – what's your thoughts on the offensive line good bad ugly well it's, it uh, I mean it's
1: it hadn't been up to standard uh and it's another yeah the offense is kind of out of sorts man it's kind of weird everything I'm saying that you know not what you're expecting this and that mm-hmm. but they've had some injuries they've had some guys that are have had to step in step in early Caleb Green has proven that he's a man you know he's a freshman and he's moved into that guard position a lot so Uh, But he's proven to be very, very good. It's kind of weird that you don't have more of a tight rotation at this point of the year. I think a lot of people feel like that way. Um, That being said, um, they've done okay at times, and then there's times that they haven't Because just because of the continuity has been a little off, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely something that needs some work. But overall... Um, they've done a decent job the last few weeks. You hadn't seen it be as bad as you've seen it at times. But um, I, I think that – I don't know, man. It's That's another one of those places that Oklahoma fans are kind of on Bill Bedenboe, and he's one – The dude is definitely one of the best uh, offensive line coaches in the country. But that being said, I, I think that it's just a little thin there. I think that was right. one of the places that when – you know, when you have – this, something that we've talked about—I know you and I have talked about this a lot too—is that people thought that Oklahoma was a lot more than what they were a year ago after Lincoln Riley left. You know, the the cupboard wasn't left full. You know, there's a and, and now at this point they've basically turned over like 85% of the roster, I think it is. So it you're starting to see more of its Brent Venables team kind of stuff, but but you, and they've had to use some portal stuff. Uh, they've got it. They've added a couple of portal offensive linemen as well. But they've had some injuries there and stuff like that, and it just the continuity had been great. Uh, that being said, that it hasn't been to the point that you can't win football games or anything like that, or you you can't run. Again, I, I sometimes I feel like it's just a matter of maybe being a little bit more basic in certain situations, particularly when you have a, a young offensive lineman in or a, a new guy at a certain position. The center position has not been great uh, Raymond, he's one of the guys that's been around for a long time, but the snap, you know, some of the snaps, uh, as you saw last week, there were some bad ones, you know, and they it turned into two turnovers. So yeah, that's a concern. Um, that's a concern. So it's, uh, I don't think that it doesn't, it's done not living up to what you expect from an Oklahoma offensive line, but it's still not terrible. You know what I mean?
0: I got you. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, our defensive front has been, uh, been good. Uh they they played lights out early in the season. They had a couple games where they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, played not so good. And now the last couple of weeks, they or at least especially this last week against BYU, they they played really well again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a guy, you know, Sean Martin, our big defensive end at six five two nine, who who will, who will suck up a double team um, and allow our linebackers to, to to work in the middle, and uh, and and he still has a lot of room to improve, man. He's, he's he came in pretty raw. Uh, but he he has the physical tools to do to to be really great, and uh, and he has one more year to do that. But but he's going to be uh, probably one of the key guys on that offensive or defensive front for us that Oklahoma fans need to look out for. But our defensive front, the big story there is we go ten or eleven guys deep there, and they rotate those guys in and out all game long, and we don't Dane's see much right of a the
1: fourth quarter man is a big blend. absolutely, you know, and you don't spot. see much
0: of a down down uh, downgrade either. I mean, right. we don't see much of a fall off at all. As a matter of fact, one of our uh, leading sackers on the team—he might still be the leader—is—is Tommy who's a transfer, fresh, uh, retro freshman from from Kentucky. He, he's, how the hell he's, did you say that name? I've practiced. <laughs> I've had a lot of practice, man. Trust me. Is uh, wow. Say it one more time for me. Tomi Wadirajay.
1: yeah. I don't even know how they did that. That's awesome.
0: No, that is a stud, bro. <laughs> It, I was looking at him, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Didn't, I didn't mean to No, anymore. no, no, you're good. That's, <laughs> that's a great question. I've had a lot of pride, and I still don't know if I'm saying it 100% right, but I know I'm close. Pretty good, um, man. But anyway, he's been really good for us, man. He's been a huge – and keep in mind, he, like I said, he's only a, a redshirt freshman, so he uh, has a lot of room to grow, man, and he's only going to get better and better and better. But the key story there is that that defensive line – now I know the key there is Oklahoma, you guys like to go fast on offense. and you know, that might potentially, if you guys do that enough, we might not, we're not going to be able to sub the way they like to sub. And we, right. you know, some of them, it could catch some of our guys uh, a little tired at some point, especially late in the game. Uh, so it'll be key. Uh, it'll be key to me, a uh, key to me, I should say, is to see how well they handle that, how uh, our defensive line handles that. And of course, a big key to that is going to be stopping, stopping Oklahoma on first down mm-hmm. to force them into passing situations. Yeah. Uh, and keep them behind a chain so that they can't move too fast, you're right. That's that's gonna be key, absolutely. I think that,
1: and I think that if you if you have a good first down, then that 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 has definitely uh been it, it tells you what's gonna happen for the rest of that series, mm-hmm. in particular. You know, uh, it seems like there's been some times whenever if you have a good positive play on first down, then they you know they might get it going, if you don't, it almost seems like it's almost destined to be three and out yeah right that's the problem for Oklahoma they've got to stop doing that. one of the biggest things that I think of the last few weeks is that time of possession they've Mm -hmm. lost that battle for the last two weeks big time I think they were only a little bit behind in the Texas game it was I mean it wasn't as bad last week I think it was 15 minutes Mm -hmm. different so that's not good um right you and when you have a team that's that's tempo up tempo and goes fast like that you're not necessarily going to win the time of possession battle, right. but what you have to do is you have to be able to slow it down a little bit, keep your defense off the field a little bit as well, because as you know it, that's part of playing a complementary football mm-hmm. and you put your defense in a bad position talking about the being able to sub out um, that's something that you kind of saw from Oklahoma State a lot last week, and you saw it a little bit at Cincinnati too, is the kind of fake injury stuff, which worries me I was going to ask you what you thought about that. I think they got to start taking away timeouts at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree, but how do you how do you police it though? Cuz it's hard to I
1: think you just take away timeouts. I think at some point you just have to do it.
0: But but I mean how you you know after 3 you lose a timeout or after I mean you can't do it after every single one obviously cuz guys do legitimately get hurt.
1: In the NFL so, they do. In the NFL they do or, or certain times of the game I think or something yeah. like that. I don't know the exact rule on it, but right. I know that at some point you need to yeah because you're seeing if they're coming back in on the next play and stuff like that and and, you know or a play or two later i mean it's it's a little weird right but you've seen a lot of that throughout the and i'm not even just talking about against oklahoma i think you see it against a lot of teams that are tempo yeah yeah and you've heard a lot of people that have talked about that and that being said um yeah you know you, you would hope that you would hope that you do do that if you're oklahoma i think that you you want to try to wear some of those guys out because if you're rotating 11 guys in on that defensive line. I mean, you're getting a fresh body in there all the time. They're not rotating like that. Well, they have rotated like freaking there's nine players that play on the offensive line. Yeah. But which, which it I don't think most people see that as a good thing at OU but, <laughs> but um you know, look, I this is this this game worries me. it does it just it just worries me. and the more I've thought about it, I mean the more I've watched West Virginia throughout the year, I think early in the season, I thought they I thought they played pretty well against Penn State first of all. I know it got a little out of hand at the end, mm-hmm. but then when they went on that run, I was like, are they that good or do I or or is it just you know, is everybody mm-hmm. else that bad? Then yeah. I watched you guys a couple of times, and then, of course, this last couple of weeks, uh, I've been watching you a lot. I like this football team, man. And I think that Neil Brown has really turned it around as far
0: as – is he safe now? I think he's close. I think if he can win – I think if he can win at least one more game. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this is a fan speaking. I'm speaking from a fan's perspective. Administration, sure. uh, The administration may say, yes, he's safe. But to me, he needs to win at least one more, get us to seven. It would be his highest win total so far. And you combine that with the fact that we have a really young – I mean, we are going to lose some really key pieces off this team. Yeah, but we're also getting major contributions from a lot of young guys. Uh, I mentioned Ben Cutter earlier. We have two red or, or two freshmen that get a lot of snaps. Actually, three true freshmen getting a lot of snaps mm-hmm. on offense uh, at the skill positions. We have a couple young offensive linemen getting a lot of snaps. I mean, yeah. uh, we have a we have a lot of young guys on this team that are the future looks bright. I guess is what I'm getting at. And if you add that into the fact that he does seem to turn it around to a degree. He's done better in the portal this year than he has in the past. Yeah, uh, as far as his acquisitions, uh, our NIL seems to be stronger now than it was a that's year what
1: ago. I to ask you, it seems like your NIL position used yeah. to be a yeah, lot. We're, better.
0: we're we're in good shape on an NIL perspective. At least that's what I'm being what I'm hearing. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I we should see less less guys leaving the program. We're going to lose a few, you always do, but we should see less guys leave the program this year than we saw the last two years. Simply because our nils better, Um, and then so I I do think. uh, To make a long, long answer short, I I think he's safe because I think he'll win at least one more game, if not two. Yeah, if he gets to eight wins, I don't know how in the world you can even justify letting him go at that point. I mean,
1: considering we were picked to finish last
0: in the league. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, oh no,
1: I think that I think that early on everybody thought that he might make it through four games, right? Yeah, you know, because nobody expected him to start off any better than like. Two or maybe two and two, but more like one and three, you know. Um, But so I, I kind of felt like it would, it would. I suspected that you were probably going to see him gone uh, early on, and but I I remember talking to you uh, during Big Twelve media days, and 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 just saying that I didn't end up getting a question in. I was holding my hand up there, but he was so for lack of a better term pissed about the preseason poll he was and felt like they were disrespected completely i think that that was a great thing for i i don't think anything there was a better situation for west virginia than that, that 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 they were absolutely disrespected by the big 12 media and um and i think that he's a good coach man i think there's a reason why you know uh that K State wanted him too. I mean, it was something that mm-hmm. they were both, you know, it was kind of between him and, and, uh, climbing. But, yeah, uh, look, there's a reason why a couple of teams he could have ended up with. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it, and, it, it, he was pissed and it, yeah. you could, you could hear it in what he was oh, saying. And, it wasn't and they've, fake. It was and real. they've used
0: that. And that's been their motto the entire season 14th until proven wrong. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they've been going out with every single, every single weekend. They use that even now, even though they're six and three. Hey, man. They're still using that and they're like look we still until we get to the end of the year we're still 14th yeah. and and we got to prove everybody until we prove everybody different and uh
1: absolutely fair absolutely fair and what a great way to to you know mm-hmm. to just kind of pump this team up and get them going you know disrespect is is, is a hell of a motivator it is you know to yeah. be disrespected like that and and you could tell that he absolutely felt disrespected especially in view of the fact that you had four new you know G five teams coming to a power five program, right? When, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, really? You know, yeah. and so you could see that he kind of it's it's a shame that, you know, they lost to Houston. But I think that I really think that I think it's the feel good story for the Big Twelve. I really do. I think
0: it's the best story in the Big Twelve this season. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit as a West Virginia fan, I try to think about it, but it's a little bit uh frustrating when you realize we're one Hill Mary pass away. From being tied for first in the league right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear
1: you. But anyway, I hear you. we got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, you guys could say something similar. Um, let's, let's, I, I do want to let's talk a little bit more about Dylan Gabriel real quick before we move okay. on to the to the other side yeah. of the ball. I want his stats. He's two hundred six or two eighty nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that's <laughs> pretty freaking remarkable completion yep. percentage. 20, 26, 46, uh thousand six hundred forty six yards. 20 touchdowns to only five picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't, yeah. couldn't ask for more, in my opinion, from Dylan Gabriel. Uh, and that doesn't include the rushing. He, he's – what he's, yeah, able to he's do Yeah, he's got with eight leg.
1: touchdowns. He's got eight touchdowns on the ground and almost yeah. 300 yards, you know, on yeah.
0: 71 carries
1: there too. Um, I think coming into the Kansas game, he was – I think he was a real contender for the – not a real contender necessarily. He was in Heisman conversations. Um, that loss and that – And he had a hell of a game against Kansas. He, you know, almost willed him to win just on his feet. Uh, So, yeah, look, uh, Dylan catches a lot of hell. You know, Dylan catches a lot of hell for not being Caleb Williams. And um, so, and I really like Dylan Gabriel. Now, is he limited in what he can do athletically? Sure. Um, But this guy is a leader in the the purest sense of the word. Uh, The guy gets out there, he doesn't. Uh, And I know he still gets a lot of hate, you know, a lot of my audience, you know, still, it just drives me crazy to some of the stuff that they say about him sometimes. And it's just not most of them, but there's a few. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, the the guy is a freaking flat out leader. I think that um, he's going to be. I don't know how long he will play in the NFL if he does, and I doubt that he is the quarterback next season. I think that you're going to see Jackson Arnold is going to get his turn. More than likely. Um, but I got to tell you, it, I think that he definitely, for all the people that have hated on him and hated on him, and, and some of the haters have come back in the last couple of weeks, but I would tell you that, yeah, he's right up there. When you look at the leaders in the country, he's right there with them, right? This is, he led a top 15 uh, total offense a year ago when they were awful on defense and, you know, still caught a lot of help. He's not Baker Mayfield and he's not Caleb Williams and he's not, you know, uh, listen, I get it. The, the tradition of quarterbacks that have come through Oklahoma and particularly that played for Lincoln Riley and stuff like that. But Dylan Gabriel has not come in and tried to be those guys. He's come in and tried to be a a leader of this team. And I, I don't think that you can do anything, but, um, give him respect. He can beat you with his feet. He can beat you with his arm. Um, and he just stays calm all the time. You know, that yeah. that drive in the Red River game, they had a minute and 15 seconds left. You know, they're down. They got to get a touchdown. And he just, he goes out there and goes four for four on the drive. You know, touchdown they, they, with time with time to spare. And uh, he just didn't blink. Uh, yeah. I think that game was called really, really well by Jeff Lebby. I would love to see him trust him a little more um in some of these other games that we've seen it hadn't been as good again i think that i think that you want to get him in rhythm and stuff like that but i think turning loose man at this point you're not gonna i mean what do you got to lose now you still need help to get into the conference championship game so you better just turn him loose and see what happens yep i think that if you were to lose another game you're probably gonna you're definitely gonna start hearing more people wanting to see jackson because you want to get him ready for next season. So I think that you need to turn him loose out there. But I, right. I love some Dylan Gabriel. I will forever be grateful for him for uh, you know, kind of providing that stability there at that position whenever you lost two five star quarterbacks when Lincoln left.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's it's tough to it's tough to feel that shoes, man. And he's done it well <laughs> in my opinion. I think he's underrated. I I know a lot of people don't think so i've heard a lot of podcasters say that well you know he's he's okay he, he i think he's more than okay man uh yeah i mean he 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 yeah, he's he's extremely accurate with the football i mean 71 percent man I mean, it's craziness i mean yeah. we talk about we, we've been talking about how great garrett green is and he's he's over i mean he's less than 60 percent passing mm-hmm. of course there's more to it than that but my there's point is. Yeah, yeah. But, but but, I mean, 70% is remarkable, man. Eric Green Um, has the clutch, the clutch deal thing. And he's got it. He's got, he's got that dog in him, as they say. He does. He does. Um, speaking of that, let's go ahead and flip sides of the ball and uh, let's talk about Oaks OU's defense. First of all, the big question I have I'm assuming Danny Stutzman's coming back for this game. It's pointing
1: to that. You know, it's pointing to that. I think he will. I, I, he was suited up for the game last week. He just didn't get in. Um, Honestly, though, they it wasn't Ollie Gordon that beat them, you know, so that wasn't really, you know, Ollie's been averaging over 200 yards. It took him 33 carries to get to his 130 yards. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so it was the defense, yeah, I don't know that he'll be back for sure. My guess is that they're going to try him, Um, and that's cool, but I was really glad to see what you got out of Kip Lewis because of him not being in there. Kip is, you know, a little undersized and he's young, but uh, he's a bad dude. He's yeah. a bad yeah. dude, you know. Um, you also saw a lot from Kobe McKenzie. Uh, he kind of the thing about Jaron Kanak is that he—it almost seems like he needs to have uh, Stutzman out there to keep him in line. Gotcha. Or, or he does, or he's a little bit lost. I think that that guy has upside through the roof. I think that he gets a little in his own head and and uh, doesn't really—he gets lost easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Jaron Kanak, but I, I would like to see more of Kip and Kobe in there anyway. But yeah, I think that uh, I think that I think you are going to see more D- uh, Danny Stutzman this week, and thank God for that. We, you know, I couldn't believe when he wasn't on the semifinal list for the Buckets Award because he has been unbelievable this what? season. Yeah, how many games did he miss total? Uh, just the last. Well, he was he
0: got knocked out of the Kansas game and okay. then he missed last week. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers. He has 73 tackles, uh, two sacks two passes defended, one pick, a touchdown, mm-hmm. and a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. I mean, he he's a stat stuffer, man. Uh, as far as a defensive yeah, player the as much as a defensive player a can be. Ago. Yeah, and he led the conference in tackles a year ago. Yeah. Well, and yeah.
1: he he probably led it in missed tackles too because he wasn't always in the right in the right place. <laughs> but the dude just really gets, I mean, he flies yeah. around the football. He's definitely the emotional leader of that mm-hmm. defense. You need him out there. Um I I I really hope that he is ready to go, and and I hope that they're not rushing him back in. And I don't think they are because they, you know, he had a, he he was in, he was in uniform last week, so he it looked like he was ready to play. I don't think he was quite ready. It looks like maybe that if if you see him
0: out there, my guess is he's got to be pretty close to you know one hundred percent. Right. All right. Let's look at the secondary. Uh, Billy Bowman Jr. Uh, see is, is he your? Would you say he's your top defensive back? You know. Billy is uh,
1: one of them. You know, the the one of the best things about Oklahoma's defense is the fact that they actually have depth in, in a lot of places, but they've got a lot of depth in that secondary. Right. They have had some issues with injuries over the last few weeks. Obviously, the freshman Peyton Bowen's been out. Billy's mm-hmm. been in most of that time, but you've also had uh, some other guys that that have missed some time that you really kind of need. I don't think it's as much about the secondary, though, as it is – the last few weeks you haven't seen them get as much pressure. Uh they didn't oh, even yeah. get any sacks on Alan Bowman last week. It's not like that guy is a freaking, you know, a speed guy that could get out of the out of there and stuff. Um and then they really did struggle with Jason B. He is a speed guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. That being said, you know, um <clears throat> one of the things that Oklahoma fans are excited about and I and I think that the that the coaching staff is excited about is a lot of that depth in that area. You know, just being able to know that you have a lot of the guys in the secondary that have really kind of come up big. I mean, you can when you start looking at it. You know, um, Billy Bowman, Gentry Williams is another guy as a sophomore that has been huge, but he's been banged up a little bit the last few weeks, so that's been tough for the for the corners. Woody Washington is probably their leader as far as cornerbacks are concerned, but he's been it's been you know the last few weeks he's given up some big plays which is surprising because he came in you know he's he's always been a big time playmaker when it came to that corner position right Um, but you're starting to see some of these guys like Makari vickers and um that are starting to get some run there uh at the corner position these are freshman kids that are coming in top 100 type kids from florida uh you also had josiah wagner out of washington that you know you're starting to see him He's moved it to, I think he's number two on the depth chart at the right cornerback position as well, right behind. And that was, they've, so they've moved him. He's a freshman. They moved him in front of uh, Kani Walker, who's been around for a while. Um, He's a a redshirt sophomore. But uh, Reggie Pearson, of course, you know, remember him from Texas Tech as well. He's kind of played more at free safety and stuff like that. But um, you're starting to see that. Key Lawrence has kind of moved out in front of him a little bit, too. So, you know, I like and, and I like Gentry Williams a lot, too. He's really good. He's a guy out of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they really like him. So, you know, that being said, I think that you're going to see more of that where you're going to see uh, some of these freshman guys are going to get a lot more run if they're healthy. Peyton Bowen has been kind of uh, banged up a little bit, so we mm-hmm. had not seen as much of him. When he's on the field, good things happen for Oklahoma. Yeah. Whether it's on special teams or, or when they put him in on defense, he's ready to be a starter. I think they're bringing him along slowly, and that's smart. But I think at this point in the year,
0: he's another one of those guys that I want to see him play. You know, right. I want to see him play. Yeah, we. I mean, your secondary is doing something right. They're leading. The, they're leading the Big Twelve in interceptions right now with fifteen. So
1: they're number two or three in the country in takeaways. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I mean, you know, this and interceptions being the biggest part of that. Right. Yeah. Look, I think this defense overall is it's night and day different from a year ago. You know, last year they were 123rd or 24th in total defense and, like, 90-something in scoring defense, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're still in the top 20 in most of the categories in the country. Uh, they're able to do some things that they never did. Now, again, the last few weeks it hadn't been great, but I also feel like that they've, you know, again, you're not staying on the field long enough, it's going to hurt your defense a little bit. And I think that, you know, where they've given up some some plays here and there, uh, there's still some growing pains going on. Right. But as an OU fan that hadn't seen a lot of defense around there in a long time, it's definitely a breath of fresh air for us to see them. That yeah. you, you can rely on them to get a stop here and there. They had two fourth down stops last week. And, you know, not for nothing, but, again, it wasn't Ollie Gordon that hurt them. <laughs> it just wasn't, you know.
0: Yeah. So, um. Uh, now, the strength most people – who have followed West Virginia at all know that our, our big all off season, we preached about how good our offensive line was going to be. Right. Oh man. And, and so far that has, for the most part now, other than a few, a game or two or a half or two or whatever you want to say. Yeah. It's held up. It's held up. It, it's, they've held up their end of the bargain for the most part. Um, Which brings me to OU's defensive line. How has, has OU's defensive line, how do you think they match up against West Virginia's offensive line?
1: I think it's a pretty good matchup. I think that's probably one of the key matchups of the weekend. I'm glad this is where you brought it to. So, you know, that's where they've made the biggest step forward, which you would expect with, with Brent Venables. Right, you know? right, Um, And they're going to continue to do that. So uh, they brought in Rondo Bothroyd from Wake Forest uh, from last – I mean, he's been one of those kind of game record type of guys for a long time. And, 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 you know, Wake Forest always just seems to be one of those teams that just – you know, you look up and they've got freaking eight, nine wins. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. you don't expect it, but they do. Um, Rondell came in. Uh, you got Jacob Lacey that came in from Notre Dame. You know, he's a, a redshirt senior. Um, and he's gotten to be playing. You got ended up with Trace Ford from Oklahoma State who, you know, he he made one of the big stops on fourth down last week uh, for them as well. Some of these guys, you know, Jonah Lalau. Um, coming in from – oh, man, I forget where he is. I think he's the Hawaiian kid, though, but he's mm-hmm. big dude, right? Right, they've, right? They've really added to some of that, and you really had to get out there and get some of those guys, particularly depth. You needed a lot of depth there. Uh, guys like, you know, you were able to go out there and get um, – well, Isaiah Cole has really come into his own at the nose, nose tackle position a lot. Ethan Downs has been doing mm-hmm. – there's been games that Ethan has been very, very good at that defensive end. There's been games that he hasn't been. Um, but he's been very good at times. So, uh, and then Desamacola, he plays a lot of Cheetah, but he's playing a lot of defensive end as well. I think the biggest thing you're seeing though is right there is that they do have a lot of competitive depth there, and that's kind of that that buzzword around Oklahoma. This for, for the defense especially is to have a lot of depth that you can play. There's at times this season Oklahoma's played 30 different guys. You hadn't seen a ton of drop off with most of it. I think your your best guys like Danny Stutzman, you're going to see a little okay. difference, right? And, when you know, guys like Gentry Williams coming off the field, that's not good. But that being said, um, yeah, listen, the nose tackle and defensive tackle, would you have guys like that that have been able to get in and out of there? Uh, R. Mason Thomas, uh, you know, you see a lot of him, and and I think people want to see a little bit more of him. He's a big, strong guy. I think they can hold their own with pretty much anybody. That being said, the West Virginia offensive line, to me, is really, really good. I wouldn't ever – I don't want to say this. I wouldn't ever count OU's defensive line out because of what we saw when they played Texas because Mm -hmm. everybody talked about that in the trenches, Texas was going to beat OU up, and that just wasn't the case. No. It wasn't the case. They had Uh, that fourth down stand, that four down stand on the goal line that really changed the complexion of the game. I mean, that probably would have put – texas way out ahead and they were able to, to shut them down there on on the goal line i think the main thing with ou is that they got to watch out for some of the defensive penalties that you've seen at times which are just kind of stupid ones mm-hmm. um but aside from that yeah look i think they're going to hold their own but but i think this is definitely one of the bigger tests that you're going to have to deal with uh yeah, for that yeah. d line as far as offensive line is concerned i like
0: this west virginia line yeah yeah we uh west virginia typically uh does not match up with Oklahoma, you know, man versus man from a talent perspective. When you look at top to bottom on the roster, but yeah. that's this is one position I think you know we can stack up to the Oklahoma's the Texas, the you know, the, the better teams in the country is our offensive line. Um, I mean, we had one offensive lineman, uh, I'm not gonna name names, but we had one offensive lineman who was being heavily sought after in the offseason. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were trying to get him to bounce. Uh, into Who the are league. they? <laughs> uh, and you know, so would it be Millen? <laughs> but uh, it, 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 an SEC tools, an SEC school was trying to nab him. But I remember talking uh, about that
1: with you earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they're good, man. And, and Bernie Yates, your guards seem to be really good, right? That they just they're strong.
0: Yeah, I mean they're good. Our, our strength is really our Zach Fraser, our center. Obviously, he's Zach, he's probably gonna oh, yeah. be an all-American. Uh, sure. Maybe sec, first or second team all-American, maybe. Um, and then our two tackle positions has typically been our strengths. Doug Nestor on the right, Wyatt Milam on the left. But Nestor's been out the last. Nestor missed the last game with an injury and missed part of the UCF game uh, right. with a lower with a lower leg injury. He's he's, I think he's questionable for this game. I'm not sure they'll know until game time. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprisingly Nick Malone our backup for that spot that has come in and played really well and uh, well and that's something played. I was looking at they're all yeah. juniors and
1: seniors you know they just got a lot of you got a lot of yeah. guys that have a lot of experience it seems yeah. like so
0: that, that's not ever a bad thing right yeah coach coach Brown took a risk early on when he was when he first came to West Virginia he made the decision to play with young offensive linemen instead of going into the portal uh, and he knew he would take some lumps early on. You know, Zach Fraser started as a true freshman. Wyatt Milam started as a true freshman. And he's wow. a, a true freshman hadn't started on the offensive line at West Virginia in decades.
1: And at left tackle. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he was at right tackle that year, but but still he still. was a true freshman. Um, but nonetheless, he took a chance because he knew that he knew they had the potential to be really good. And he and he figured, you know, why not just throw him in there now? Uh, hmm. get him adjusted to playing at this level. And uh, by the time they're juniors and seniors, we should, you know, they should be elite. Uh, and now, have they been?
1: They, every one of them, man, they, they, they're ready for a fist fight. Yeah. It
0: seems like every one of them. Now, now, are they elite? I wouldn't put them at elite, uh, but they're really good. Um, they're really good as a I unit. Think they're, they're really I, think I think
1: they're, I think they're one of the best offensive lines for sure. I don't know that they're better than Texas necessarily, but right. I think that, I think that they're right up there with Texas on all lines. Yeah. Texas I, agree.
0: No line. yeah I agree. Um, just real quick we'll we'll touch on special teams uh what's oklahoma special teams look like good bad ugly bad bad kicking
1: game's terrible you know it's just been the punting game's been hit or miss and mostly miss uh you you know you missed some some field goals last week as well you've been missing a lot of those you can't really trust them to hit anything um you know that's uh it's a concern it's a concern i think that oklahoma needs to again I think the key to this game, and it was the key last week and probably the key the week before that, you need to get out there and get ahead of these guys. If you allow West Virginia to get into their tempo and, and slow this game down, you're in deep shit. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that that's, that's the truth of it. I, I think I agree, that I you need to get out there, you need to press the tempo, and you need to put some points on the board early on. Be be, be very, very aggressive. The good news is, being at home, they're going to push you to do that. You know what I mean? The home crowd ought to push you to be aggressive. Um, but I'm hoping. You know, I, I mean, we just. The, my question is, is how they're how are they going to come together? And I think it's time for them to come together. I think if there's any kind of stuff going on between Levy and, and and coach and coach Venables, then that, this is the time for you to figure it out. You know, because you can go one of two ways. You know what I mean? And I mean, look. I think coming into the season, everybody expected nine, three, 10, 2 something like that. You know, I mean, you know, right. that's that's where I was predicting them at. The 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 goalposts change a little bit when you go seven and zero.
0: Yeah, in, that's in what
1: Texas, right? Yep. So it, there's a letdown here, but I also think that you still realize that you you got an opportunity to still play for the conference championship. That's really all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. And if you can finish ten and two, would be fabulous at this point. Um, but I think you have to go out there and fight for it now. And I think that yeah. this is the times that these are the growing pains times for these programs. You know what I mean? When you get a new staff in there and stuff that. You know, you can see the talent there and you can see where it's headed. And I think anybody who doesn't see Oklahoma progressing in a good direction, you're not paying very much attention, I would think. But that being said, I think that there's a lot of people that are their expectations are still a little bit out of whack. To me, I think that this is where you go out there and you prove that that you can get it done. You should have the more talent all the way around. I mean, it's not saying anything bad about West Virginia at all. I think they're a really good football team. But I mean, you know, One's Oklahoma, yes, one isn't. Right, I get you. Talent wise, you should go out there and be able to win this game. Um, yep. You've got some X factors over there at West Virginia that can make that very hard to do. And and so my hope is is that you see them go out there and step on the gas, and um, you know, turn it into a track meet because that's probably not what you want to see if you're West Virginia, right?
0: It's Exactly what I was going to say. Um, this game it could go one of, if West for West Virginia to win this game. In my opinion. They need to avoid a shootout. Now, West Virginia's offense has played really well the last four weeks. Yeah. And they've been able to put up some points. But we haven't played Oklahoma those last four weeks either, with all due respect to the other teams. Mm -hmm. And we haven't played a defense like theirs, nor an offense like theirs. And to me, I think in order for West Virginia to win, they need to play more like they did. You don't need to run the ball every play like we were doing against TCU and Texas Tech. But, um, but we need to, you know, we need to run the ball 60, 70% of the time, control the clock win the time of possession you know get, we need to be in that 32 33 if not 35 minute range in time of possession which this team has done a lot this year by the way uh I know in, in order to do <laughs> that in order to, in order to do that we need to force a couple turnovers yeah we need to we've got to win the special teams battle which you know i asked you about special teams west Virginia special teams our punting unit has been good our punter has been pinning a lot of guys inside the 20 and 10. yeah he's really good at that Ollie straw from the australian kid uh, australian kicker Hunter. we can boot it, man. And then, and then our, our place kicking has been really good. I think he's 12 or 13 on the year. Um, we've had some issues in, in kick coverage that scares me to death. I know is es- makes- Farouk is your return guy, right?
1: Some, yep. Yeah. Farouk, uh, you've seen Peyton Bowen, you've seen Gavin, yeah, uh, uh,
0: Gavin Freeman, yeah. Our kickoff coverage has had some. I mean, uh, you know, Houston ran one back on us, BYU actually ran one back on us last week, but it got called back because of a holding penalty. Okay. Uh, and then they had another long return on us. So our kick return game is suspect and that that that's one part of this game that I'm a little concerned about. Right. And then uh our punting is you know up and down. Uh as far I'm as punt that coverage, they don't
1: punt too much. I'm hoping that Oklahoma doesn't have yeah. to punt too much cuz yeah. if so you're liable to get it's you don't know what yeah. you're going to get on the. Our punt
0: return our punt returner Preston Fox is fine. He just hasn't had he doesn't he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his blocking hasn't been great. By the time he catches it he's got four guys in his face. So um so I think uh, it's special teams is gonna be a big factor in this game in my opinion. Um but as far as i, think I, I like- guys
1: I think they're okay but it's just the the yeah. the specialists and stuff that you've just been seeing right you know that not yeah. very good with the with the field goal team. Um sometimes atrocious punting it's just uh I mean they yeah. can put it out of the end zone on the kickoff and their and their coverage is generally pretty good. But aside okay. from that it's, I gotcha. just, it's, it's, it's it's another one of those. So it so
0: it could old be old. so so the, the it's a it's kind of a toss up who wins the special teams battle, right? Yeah. Um, that's right. Let's let's do a score prediction real quick. Vegas has Oklahoma at minus thirteen at home. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. ESPN matchup predictor has them with an eighty nine percent chance to win. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what are your? I mean, what, what? What if you had to give a score prediction? What would you? Where what, what would you? say well I, think you,
1: I think you better if you're Oklahoma. I think you want to see them do it. Other, I think that there's some things that are. look, you're you're playing for your, and both teams are. They're playing for their conference championship lives this weekend mm-hmm. to have an opportunity. You want to have a shot. Um, Oklahoma, you know they've now that they, you could say the same thing about the last couple of weeks, particularly last week, and they didn't get it done. So, um, but I think that the that the alarm button has definitely been sounded. If it already hasn't been, I think that, again, talent wise, there's no reason why Oklahoma shouldn't be able to at home, go ahead and get this and uh, cover even. So I'm going to I'm going to say that they're going to kind of get back on track offensively a little bit and um and not necessarily like go out there and score 50. I don't see that so much, but I see, you know, mid to high 30s, let's say 35 to 21. So that'll cover it. And uh in 21 would be the best they've done defensively in the last few weeks. Yeah. So that's
0: still be a that's
1: still be a good showing.
0: Okay. I'm looking at this when you look at the spot this game is in for both teams. West Virginia's coming off back to back wins, Oklahoma back to back losses, as I mentioned in my intro. Yep. Um, we also beat Oklahoma last year. West Virginia won the game last year in Morgantown. So Oklahoma, they're going they should come into this game extremely pissed off because of their last two games. Mm-hmm. Ready, ready to get back in the winning column, so they should essentially come out playing with like their hairs on fire, right? Mm-hmm. And then, plus they have revenge on their mind from last year. And to me, and plus it's in in Norman, yeah, with the home crowd, eighty six thousand people. Uh, I just, I, I, this to me is a is a tough spot for West Virginia. I think my Mountaineers will keep it close. I think it'll be a competitive game. I do yeah. think it'll get into the thirties, like you said. I, you know i think the over under on it i think uh, i have to look at it again but it was i, I definitely I was, or
1: something like that
0: it's 58 and a half okay me personally i think it goes over that i think it's i do i don't think i don't think oklahoma covers i do think Western will keep it close um because i like the way this team's pl- been playing our is seems to be in catching its stride now garrett green is just playing great right now great football right now um with his legs and his arm. I like him. So, so I do think we will be able to score some points, mm-hmm. but I just think at the end of the day, Oklahoma gets the best of us 38, 35. That's I think, I think the last several games, or the they last two another games, heart think, attack game, Kuz, another one the, between the Sooners and the Mountaineers, man. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, it, I which think you guys, surprise
1: me. it would not surprise me if that's how it turns out, just because of the way things have been, not just this sh- this year, but against between these two teams, yeah, I, I mean they just play close to games a lot.
0: I know they have a lot over the year. Unfortunately, you guys have come out on top in almost all of those. But until last year, but uh, yeah, I, I still because it's in Norman, I've just got to give the edge of the seniors in this one, uh, and and the fact that they've lost two in a row, the fact that you know, like you said they're, uh we beat them last year. I'm sure they'll have that as motivation too. So sure, I, sure. I know I mean, my, a lot of my West Virginia fans get mad at me every time I pick against my own team, but. Yeah, I'm picking with my gut or picking with my my head and not my heart here. Uh, And I just think,
1: I mean, look, I'm, you know, I probably picked with my heart a little bit, you know, uh, to be honest with you, just think just kind of wishful thinking that they kind of get back on track because Mm -hmm. you need to win out to have a shot. And so you want to see them do that. Um, Could I see it being the other way to where it's a tight game? Absolutely. I mean, even a couple of years ago, you know, when Oklahoma won when 111 and you had you know what I think Spencer played in that game he did what was it 15 13 something like that was the final score in Norman Six, yeah
0: 16 13 yeah 16 13 yeah yeah 16 13 that was the game I, when uh, the, the football fans were, game yeah the fans were booing booing Spencer and they put Caleb mm mm-hmm. mhm mhm so, yep i remember <laughs> yeah uh, cuz i remember thinking my god those fans are terrible for booing their own guy but Anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's they've
1: Oklahoma fans have definitely, definitely taken that. Uh, have definitely been raked over the course for that. And I think it was a, it was a, a certain segment of the fan base, which every fan base has them. Our fan base has done it too.
0: Look, our fans do. I think we it did. Happens, it with Jared. Yeah, I think our, I think our fan base booed Jarrett Daigie several times. So they've, they've it, treated. It,
1: it, as I said, Dylan Gabriel has taken a lot of hell from mm-hmm. you know and to think that these guys don't pay attention to social media is is naive at best i, I agree with that yep. so to not the some of the things that get said about these guys particularly on you know places like twitter look these guys are uh they they feel it and hear it and see it and i wish that sometimes you had some better fans in certain places but but i tell you something that You know, uh, Coach V said a couple of weeks ago, "Was like, hey man, this is Oklahoma. You're supposed to be pissed off when you lose. You Mm you want them pissed. I love it that they're that, yeah. uh, You know, passionate about this football team. There's a sometimes it gets to be a a bit much. The passion is there, but it's also a little bit of delusion where you think that you know you're just entitled to this. I I hope that Oklahoma looks a little bit better. I think that we want to see them play up to their potential. Um." They haven't in a while, so it would be a good time to do that. I, I do have a lot of respect for this West Virginia team, though, and I think that if you allow Garrett to get going, it's probably
0: going to be a, a hell of a game, and yeah. and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, real quick, one more t- one last time, Jason, before we sign off, man, let everybody know where they can find your work.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, Jason Watkins. It's Hall of Fame College Football with Jason and the Coach. It's at CFB dash pod on YouTube. And then you can also find me on Twitter at JW underscore HOF HOF media is our website address and you can find pretty much everything everywhere. I'm doing better lately about getting everything on the audio platform, but you, you know, you're going to find us for sure on YouTube for sure. I'm a YouTuber yeah. more than anything
0: else. Yeah, that's cool. me. I mean, I, I, this, this will go on both. Uh, this will go on the audio only platforms as well. Yeah. Uh, but majority of my stuff goes up on YouTube. Um, I like to put my longer, you know, my, my longer stuff like this, my game previews and stuff, uh, whatnot. I like to do audio only as well, but, uh, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, yeah,
1: you appreciate being on the show, man. It's uh, it's, I think it's the first time I've been on your show, but, or maybe, maybe another time, but it was, well, you, been, I it was, think
0: I had you on a live stream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At, at some point, yeah. but, but as far as an actual, yeah, this is the first time you and I've got together to preview a game or yeah. kind of talk about, uh, you know, what's on the field. Usually it's conference realignment or something
1: conference <laughs> realignment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that'll get started back up after the season's over, but I've been yeah. glad we've been talking football lately. Absolutely.
0: It's, it's been nice, man. It has. <laughs> well, Jason, man, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Everybody go check yeah. out his work. I will leave links to, to, to his work in the, in the description. Um, so go check thanks, it man. out. And. Uh, hey, yeah, boomer soon. Morning. Horns down. Yeah. <laughs> We can both we can both do horns down. We both told them horns Absolutely. Down, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, everybody check his workout. Everybody, it's gonna be an exciting game Saturday. I'm ready for it. I hope you are too. With that being said, I appreciate you tuning in. Hope you have a top shelf day in Q Country Roads.